The following contains plot spoilers, and the comments and opinions expressed herein are for entertainment and commentary purposes only and may not reflect the actual opinions of Geeks Radio or the individual hosts. So don't get mad, it's just a show. In a world where people sometimes gave abbreviated podcasts, this is Totally Super. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. I'm Arthur. I'm Justin. Welcome to Totally Super. Um, uh, this is Yay. going to be an abbreviated show. Um, we have uh, made a vow to one another to keep it to 30 minutes um, because I think if we went over, our speculation could turn into spoilers. Um, yes, and, and we don't so, want to do that. So let's put it right out, out front. We're going to be talking um, about uh, Avengers Infinity War, which we have not seen. Um, we mm-hmm. are specifically going to be talking about uh, the Marvel Universe as a whole. So kind of spoilers for everything up to this point. If you haven't seen it, um, we're going to be ta- sense, yeah. we're going to be talking about uh, things that we think might or might not happen in the movie. We're going to be giving meta knowledge um, of we're going to be giving meta knowledge of, of the Marvel Universe saying, oh, well, we know this actor wants this. So maybe this means they'll do this. Um I will tell you, uh, I have no direct knowledge of the events of the movie. I don't uh, outside of what you've seen in the trailers. I don't know what is going to happen in this film. You zero. Um, I have zero and uh, zero knowledge. And uh, I think it's important. We we will begin our speculation with uh, with a phrase that, quite frankly, I think more geeks could uh, could afford to use when beginning speculation, which is hello, I'm Arthur. I'm about to speculate about what I'm going to be seeing and it's probably wrong and that's okay. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take it a, a, a step further. Um, um, I want them to give me things different than what I expect. Um, if they just give me what I, if, if we make things that we think should happen in this podcast and those things all happen, I'll be pretty bummed and out. Just that. I'll be pretty yeah. bummed out. Well, I think we touched on that during, uh, we touched on that during Age of Ultron uh, discussion when you were talking about the Hulk Iron Man fight in which it was it was exactly what you wanted. Yeah. And that realization of, oh, sometimes we want more than what we wanted. Well, and but I mean, that that gets us into the, you know, the longstanding Last Jedi discussion, which is how much more than what we wanted do we want? Um, because <laughs> if, you know, I loved Last Jedi because it was filled with things that I didn't go in wanting. Um, so, so really the question is how much want could a wanter want if a wanter could want wants? How many lows could Rob Lowe rob if Rob Lowe could rob lows? Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's maybe better. Um, so, uh, so that being said, um, uh, Avengers Infinity War, uh, this is going to be released, uh, on, uh, either Tuesday, the 24th or Wednesday, the 25th. Um, I'm going to try and get out today if I can. Um, but, uh, on Thursday, the 26th, uh, Avengers Infinity War comes out and we will be, uh, seeing it. I'll be seeing it that night. Uh, you'll be seeing it on Friday morning and, um, we will be seeing it Friday morning and let's actually, let's take a moment. Which do you prefer? Um, cause I have a feeling we're different when watching big, event films like this like the new star wars or something like that do you prefer going on opening night or you do you prefer going uh later no i I, like during the day you know i'm gonna have this film um you know six six months from now this film will be you know in my amazon account um and i'll just watch it whenever i feel like watching things um there's something you can't get back about that 
buzz in the theater. You know, I've, I've said many times that sort of, you know, next to anything that happens, you know, like in the bedroom or like the birth of my children, uh, my favorite thing, uh, one of my favorite things in life is uh, the moment when uh, when the screen goes dark um, and right mm. before the the opening logos come up. Um, that moment yeah. is, is, it's like going over the crest of, over the crest of the top of the hill of the roller coaster. It's that like mo- almost it as crackles much crackles with anticipation yeah, and potential being with that audience. Um, especially when everybody digs it. I love it when the audience erupts in applause. Um, I love it when the audience is scared. Um, I'm, it's worth putting up with the inconveniences of the people munching popcorn and the, and, and the, you know, the less than pristine experience that you can have. Um, to be able to be part of that communal experience. So yeah, I, I definitely, if I could watch everything opening night, I would. You? Cool. Um, my current preference tends to be towards the Friday morning crowd, uh, because you'll still get a decent number of people who are, I mean, you have to want to see that film to go on a Friday morning, but yeah. it's, it is more like me, the, the erudite sort of that we, we will sit and be quiet and appreciate it. Um, which granted is incredibly snobby of me and this is sort of the introvert in me as i've gotten older i have found that the ability of people sitting near me to ruin film experiences for me uh has increased um and that is that is more on me than on anything else it's uh you know it's but it's like you say to me some films i want them to be religious experiences and when i am when i am communing with the divine I don't want to hear the guy two, uh, you know, two seats down from me, continuously slurping his Pepsi. So, uh, so that I would, being said, I, I would, I would, I would retort that that um, that uh, what what was your what was your childhood uh, um, um, faith? What would what, what denomination of? I know it's Christian, but what denomination of Christianity were you uh, growing up? Interestingly, uh, interestingly, Catholic, which tends to be much more community focused than well, okay, uh, community, than a lot of community, fo- community focused, but but there's I also uh, spent a good portion of my childhood. I come from divorced family, so so it split up in Catholic and also Episcopalian churches. Um, I want a religious experience too, but I want you know you know southern baptist like i want i want clapping mm-hmm. I, want, I want clapping it's, it's high church versus low church yeah i want to quiet i want to be yelling amen uh when the, yeah. when the film's going well, on and i will say like to this day my my single favorite experience in a film ever was in college uh going to see phantom menace opening night like i had waited 12 hours in line to get those tickets uh, my friend and I, we'd choreographed a lightsaber fight to do in line uh, on the night of. Like, it was just, there was such joy and happiness, and everyone was there. And, man, talk about the moment where the where the, uh, where the the screen goes dark. Everything goes to a hush. And then when that Star Wars flashed upon the screen with the big, ba-ba, like, the cheer that erupted, it was, it was a cheer 20 years in the making for some people. And... I, and yes, without without exaggerating, it was a deeply religious experience for me. Um, that crowd made the experience of watching that film way more palatable than, you know, the film. See, I can so, kind of read crowds and I remember that as well. And I remember feeling the discomfort of the crowd as the film progressed. 
Um, oh yes, as the film and, progressed, and, yeah, and listening, like, hey, we're still cheering, and but- listening to people walking out saying saying that thing that fans should never have to say. No, I mean it was it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, trying to convince yeah, yourself, yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. you know, like 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 dating the person after the one night stand when there's no chemistry at all. Like it's just like mm-hmm. you're trying, you're trying to fall in love. You're trying as hard as you can to fall in love. Um, Especially if it's a woman who has been talked up to you for years. Yes. Um, oh, you'll love her. Yeah. You'll love her. And, you know, you know, it turns out that she is mm-hmm. nothing more than an hour of Senate debates. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, swinging it back into Infinity Wars, hopefully uh, that will not be the experience. Here, here. we go. Spoiler, um, spoiler, yeah. spoiler alert. I'll just pull this out from... Uh, uh, um, from Joshua Yale and Benjamin Infinity, and I'm 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 curating these, so don't worry. Uh, pretty much had me laughing, screaming, or crying the entire way through. It never lets up. I sat in my chair stunned as the credit rolled. That's um, lots of this dude today coming out. Um, you know my my favorite movie optimist out there in the world is Kevin Smith. Um, because he he he's a man who loves to love movies. Um, yeah, he does. He he desperately uh, just kind of loves he loves everything, even things that later on he backs off of loving so much. Uh, he uh, has been on record as saying that um, that like the Dark Knight Rises like was one of the greatest things ever, which then, of course, he backed off from after a while. I said, like, well, mm-hmm. OK. But at the time, um, uh Kevin Smith said, I am overwhelmed. The movie is epic beyond compare. Loved it. My legs are still shaking. It's a gigantic Marvel masterpiece. So much to stay, say, but I'll stay silent, Bob, till Monday so as to not slip in spoilers. Suffice to say, it's going to be a long year. Good until on Aven- him. Suffice to say, it's going to be a long year until Avengers 4. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, hey, so I also... What, okay, so maybe you can explain this to me. So the original plan was for them to do Infinity War in two parts. But I guess now they're not, and yet there is still an Avengers four plan for next year. So okay, what's the what's the deal, yo? That's uh, that's uh, worth noting. Um, I do think that there is a worthwhile case to be made for spoiling not major plot points, but spoiling certain expectations if you think it's going to enhance the experience for viewers. Um. I, for instance, spoiler alert for uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2, I saw it first. I took my then, like, eight-year-old, who loved Spider-Man at the time, to go see it. But I told him, Gwen Stacy's going to die at the end of this film. I said, she's going to die. Um, here's what's going to happen. That makes sense. You you, you want to prep a kid like that yeah. for something like that. She's going to fall. She's going to hit her head. And and she's going to die at the end and Peter's going to be shocked. It's going to seem like he saved her. And that's going to happen near the end of the film. I told him kind of the context of where it happened. So he's not worried the whole film that it's about to happen. And mm-hmm. in that way, I used the spoiler to enhance his experience because otherwise he would have, you know, he would have been too much for him in the same way. Yeah. I think tempering your expectations about what you're going to get helps. I think that that if you. You know, to anyone who wants to go see Ready Player One, I would say knowing that it's vastly different than the book, knowing that it is only like 20 percent the same as the book. It's just the bare bones of the book and all the meat is different. Um, Same skeleton, different animal Um, that helped to know ahead of time, because otherwise I I kind of would have been like 
analyzing what was different. Uh, um, my second viewing ever for that reason was much more enjoyable than my first viewing in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, no, knowing that Infinity War was going to be Infinity War one and two, and that they decided that the stories were different enough between Infinity War and whatever the fourth one's going to be, that um, that it deserved its own idea, its own title, its own thing. Um, that's interesting. Um, knowing that Which I, ha- I have to say is, <laughs> it's nice to see that coming from a studio where recently it seems like the trend is yeah technically this is only enough story for one film but let's make it two or three anyway because you know sales well so so the thing to know about this i guess i think that will enhance because i've read i'm not gonna (coughs) read you all of the things but there has been a few things going going it it feels a little incomplete um guess we'll have to wait to next year to get the complete feeling um Know that going in, I would say. Know that. because that makes sense. Because I'm, I'm comfortable with it. I Actually, that actually reassures me a bit. Because um, I was just, uh, you know, for the past couple of days, I've been going back and uh, not just looking at all the trailers from the previous uh, Marvel Cinematic Universes, but going back into my uh, Marvel Unlimited and reading all of uh, the, reading some of uh, Thanos' greatest hits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have to say, the one thing that I'm most excited about this for is Thanos is hands down one of my favorite villains. Um, he is arguably one of the ultimate big bads of the Marvel universe. And uh, and the comics have done him a lot of justice in the past. And what this film is looking like is it's not only Thanos against, uh, you know, the Avengers. It's going to be Thanos plus uh, looks like his Black Order, uh, which is his group of assassins and generals, who each of which are really cool in their own right they're going to be in the film you know obviously you've got the guardians you've got dr strange you've got you know everybody going in and while again normally i'm all about a movie studio saying this does not need to be more like we don't need to make three films out of one um but there is part of me that is thinking how in god's name would they be able to take all of these different ingredients and make a satisfying story that doesn't feel rushed, even given, say, three hours of running time? Uh, so uh, the fact that they're saying, well, no, we're going we're gonna to tackle part of the story later, that actually reassures me because it means that they're not going to necessarily skate over anything. Well, and, and again, what if the next film is is a different affair more in line with Ultron or more in line with, you know, one of the smaller stories like what what if this film is you know what if they it was going to be part one and part two and you ended up with a kill bill part one and part two situation where kill bill one gives you all the stuff and then kill bill two a a, an excellent film kill bill two but they're both phenomenal films but if i was deeply disappointed the first time i saw kill bill volume two because i was like what the hell i was expecting more of volume one yeah um so so i think that that we may find that the next Avengers film does not have everyone in it. You know, maybe it has mm-hmm. the survivors in it of this or, or maybe there's not really room for for Wakanda and the Guardians for the next movie. Or maybe they go into space after this film and and, you know, some of the Earthbound heroes are not, you know, the, who knows, right? Who knows what the thing mm-hmm. is going to be? But what if the next film was just like, yeah, here are six heroes um, who you've seen. You know, what if the next film is if I were to pick out six heroes that that have had their own films, um, what if the next one is Ant Man, 
Doctor Strange, the Hulk, um, you know, I'm trying Spider Man, and then you know, throw in you know, I guess Hawkeye and who like people who are not the four movies that you saw leading up to the people who are not um, Iron Man, uh, Iron Man, Hulk, uh, Thor, and um, who was the fourth film that came before and Captain America. But um, Mm -hmm. like, what if the next film is like, here are six people who are fighting surely an epic film along the lines of the first Avengers, but it's not this giant mashup of film. And you called it infinity war part two. That's true. <laughs> so yeah. it might be it could just be the next film was so tonally different from this film or scope wise different from this film that it's just not part of the I mean, I, I get that. I, you know, I, I if think- you yeah, no, it makes sense. If you call something part one and part two, you expect them to be films that are very similar in tone. And you expect part two to be bigger than part one. Yes, very true. It's you. You expect the series uh, following the rule of sequels. Yeah, well, not um, ju- uh, or if it's like a one-two. If you feel like it's two parts of the same thing, you expect the, you know, the real climax you, yeah, is coming you, you next time. The, yeah, you expect the second punch to carry more weight than the first yeah. one. Um. So. Um. I am. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Well, let me just say, t- just to sort of set this for those who, what's going to be interesting for them is to take Thanos, uh, this villain who really. We have seen very little of. Um, he's been occasionally mentioned, but even not that much. Like, I just watched a smash cut of all of his appearances in the Marvel Universe so far, in the cinematic universe so far. And it comes out to, like, three and a half minutes. And most of that is actually him sitting there passively while Ronan the Accuser is yelling at him. Uh, I... And so far from the trailers, I'm very hopeful of this. To me, what I love about Thanos is he is the boogeyman. Um, He is the name that you drop it and the mightiest heroes immediately go, oh, God. Uh, This is kind of obscure, but I liken it to... uh, So one of my favorite uh, video games ever, Final Fantasy VII, uh, it created one of the greatest... Uh, video game villains ever, Sephiroth, uh, who was just this, you know, this man of just immeasurable power. Uh, And he even had like this theme song that would play whenever he would appear. And I would remember specifically, he would pop up at different parts of the storyline. And if you had been playing the video game for a while and suddenly you heard that theme music, your heart physically sank And you just went, oh, God, everything that I've been working for for the past five hours is about to get blown to hell. Just the instant of you hearing the first few tones of the of the theme music. To me, that is Thanos. Uh, And in the comics, certainly they they do a great job of setting that up. Like any time the word Thanos is mentioned and then Thanos shows up, the payoff is exactly as devastating as you expect. Uh, So. Part of the success of this film for me is going to be, all right, how scary do they make him? And again, from the trailers that I've seen and God, from some of the speeches that he's had in the trailers, uh, my hopes are very high. Um, There is, you know, Thanos has one major thing going against him and that he's computer generated. Um, Yes. And and let's be honest, we all remember, you know, we all remember uh, Justice League. Just had a computer generated bad bad guy fell flat in a big, big bad way. Computer generated people mm-hmm. um 
have largely failed to to excite audiences and me in particular. You know, Snoke was done very well in Last Jedi. Um and and really evoked uh yeah, pretty some much power. anything Andy pretty much anything Andy Circus has done that yeah. has been handled well. And by in and by the inverse of that, much of what was not done by Andy Circus um has not done as well. Um that being said, uh, the the will we get evil Jar Jar or will we get evil Gollum? Uh, the the the, the I'm just lass. The kill the Avengers. The Avengers are bad. Um, uh, the <laughs> <laughs> Misa want the Infinity Gems. <laughs> Misa think it's good to. Oh boy, can you imagine? That's that's what happens. <laughs> okay. the, the Avengers are just like, oh, I'm done. Fine, kill it. I'm kill done. The world. I'm done. You know kill what? Let this earth burn. Yeah. Um, the uh, uh, well, first let's talk about Josh Brolin, uh, who is just you know got to be in everything. Um, literally, mm-hmm. he's going to be in the Avengers this week, um, as Thanos, and three weeks from now is going to be in Deadpool two as Cable. Um, mm-hmm. both of whom have antagonist antagonistic relationships to Deadpool. Um, well, Cable and uh, both of whom have anti- antagonistic relationships with kind of everyone they m- run into and meet. Um, Josh Brolin is someone I well, don't. Well, that's true. Fair enough. Um, who I've really liked um, in some stuff. Uh, but oddly enough, the performance that really has impressed me that he did. Have you seen Men in Black 3? I have not. Is that he was the young. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. yeah. He is um, startlingly good. He absolutely does both an imitation and an evocation to the point where you kind of almost wonder if that's Tommy Lee Jones like in makeup or is Tommy Lee Jones like doing a voiceover on him. Um, but no, it's just him. Wow. Nailing it. So like so like nailing. Carl Urban DeForest Kelly. Good. But more. Carl Urban is doing an amazing imitation of of DeForest Kelly, but he never really makes me think he's DeForest Kelly. Like I never really think mm-hmm. he's like that. Um, this is this is light years ahead of that. Um, it's wow, so High good, praise indeed. It's so good. On the other hand, he was also Jonah Hex. So, um, you know, he's not everything. It is perfect. <laughs> um, uh, I what I like about what I'm seeing about Thanos is Thanos um, doesn't seem evil. In in the trailers, yeah. Thanos seems kind of matter of fact. Like I'm, I'm here to do this thing, and you know, you know, this is you know kind of neat that I get to do it. But uh, you know, he's not, you know, he's he's not Loki. He's not out. He's he's not you know the destroyer out to destroy. He he's he's not. Mm-hmm. He's it seems like he's just sort of. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's he's pragmatically destructive, <laughs> like. Just kind of pleasantly going around. To loop this in, let me loop in the fortune that I received from my fortune cookie last night. Oh, uh, boy. Chinese food that I had, uh, which was beware the fury of a patient man. And Thanos strikes me as that. It's that sort of it's it's not the screamers and the it's it's not the people who are yelling at the top of their lungs that you need to be afraid of. It's the ones who just who don't need to speak any louder than this because it gets done anyway it's the ones who don't have a sense of it's the ones who don't have a sense of urgency because they uh in instead of a sense of urgency thanos brings a sense of inevitability 
which is deeply more disturbing. Um, so let's talk about some, uh, just spend a few minutes. Um, this is going to be the part where, where maybe we're spoiling, maybe we're not. Um, uh, just be aware that, that, that these are the, here's the meta knowledge that we have so far. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is getting up there for playing superheroes. Um, he has said so himself. I disagree with him. Um, I don't disagree with him. He is older than than certainly he was 10 years ago uh, playing Iron Man. He's also done Iron Man quite a lot. Um, mm-hmm. They also, you know, just fill swimming pools with money and 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 let him bathe in it. He, he's he's pretty much Scrooge McDuck at this point. Um yeah, that's both good and bad. It's good because they managed to keep him on board. Um, but it gets to a point where he's rich to the point where they might, you know, what are they going to tempt him with? You know, he's only got so many decades yeah. left in his left in his life. You know, if you the, given how hard he partied when he was younger, you know, let's say this man lives to be 80. He has spent one eighth of his life doing nothing but shooting and doing press for Avengers movies. Um, mm-hmm. So. I could absolutely see a world where he is like, you know, I'm kind of done. I've done it. Um, he is the best prospects outside of of the Avengers movies for kind of going and doing his own thing outside, outside of maybe Scarlett Johansson. Um, uh, his contract is up. Uh, I His character seems best suited to die. Um, you know, his, his arc was really completed in Iron Man three, three, he's kind of just been tagged, even age of Ultron and civil war. He's really just kind of staying where he was in Iron Man three. There's not much change. So I would say the one arc that the, the one arc that still needs a little bit of wrap up, um, they started the wrap up at the age of, at the end of civil war was not Tony Stark on his own, but the relationship between Tony and cap. Yeah. Uh, there's there's still depth to mine in that, but really only, but but really only one more film's worth tops. Yeah, and 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 an Iron Man four is just you know, not you know. On the other hand, you know you know I'm going to argue both sides. On the other hand, um, he is the poster child, right? Like when you want you know when mm-hmm. you want Spider Man Homecoming to do well, you put Iron Man on the poster. Yeah, that's that's yep. like he's a and frankly. From a meta and Marvel will keep him around for as long as he wants to be like that. They're not mm-hmm. just going to kill off Iron Man because it makes dramatic sense. I could I could easily see Tony Stark just uh, falling back into the role of the occasional cameo or, you know, small. I could easily see him falling back into just a purely supporting role after this. Even if he was in a relatively major role. Think about this from a from a shooting point of view. You. You have to get him onto the action soundstage for maybe a couple of shots with the with his helmet off, but you don't even really have to do that. And then you have him mm-hmm. show up for, you know, four or five days of shooting the conversation scenes back at headquarters. You know, so so if you could write scripts around the idea that you know Robert Downey Jr. will just keep doing it, you know, he will mm-hmm. shoot for a week and a half and he will only commit to doing three days of press. And everyone else has to sort of yeah. do the thing, and so they would easily. I keep forgetting how much of a how much of the actor's job in film is left after they have wrapped filming. Um, the yeah, amount it's of a press thing. tours that they have to do. Um, but the 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 flip side of this is Robert Downey's job in particular. He doesn't have to be on set. 
during the action scenes. He rarely is at this point. At the beginning, he was. But now, from my, my understanding is that if you see, you're see you seeing Iron Man, that's not Robert Downey Jr. Um, yeah. Uh, so he just needs to shoot all of his lines inside the helmet. And then a couple of scenes, you know, and he could be, you know, a significant part in the movie and part of the action. And so keeping him on board would seem to be one of the easier things to do. But mm-hmm. he's been floating forever that he might be kind of done. Um, yeah. Chris Evans, Captain America. Um, he has been vocal about how he doesn't want to play Captain America anymore. He's come straight out and been like, I'm done. I am done. He's been done for a while. He's been saying as soon as my contract is up, I am done. Um, he extended his contract by one film so that he could be in these last two Avengers uh, movies. Um, uh, he is because they split it. This this movie, when it was just one movie, was going to be the last. So he he. He said, okay, I'll appear in one more, but he's done. He is semi done with acting from what I understand. He wants to do a little bit of acting, but he mostly like wants to be doing, you know, produce and direct things like, and he's got the money to do it again. Chris Evans was an actor that not a ton was happening for. And then suddenly he has all the fame and all the contacts and, you know, Mm -hmm. and frankly, Captain America, (sighs) I don't know how much more story he has except this. Would you be okay yeah. with him just dying? Honestly, it would make... Well, here's the thing. In terms of emotional impact uh, for characters, again, going back to what we've talked about where you know Cap frequently in his own ways meant to represent the best of us. Um, I mean, there's a reason why in the comics the original Civil War arc culminated with... Cap's death because they realized that could be the most devastating climax they could deliver. Um, I actually in the original Infinity Gauntlet series, there is this fantastic uh, standoff moment between Thanos and Captain America, uh, which does not end well for Cap. Uh, but in terms of like actual, in terms of the amount of hit I would feel. Um, I think Cap's death would probably be the would be right up there on top. Uh, so I think it would. There are there are a number of stories you could tell of this film that would have Cap dying in them. That would that would be good stories. The flip side of that for me is um, is you you can't do that. Like Cap is the sign of hope. He's been through all of this. He fights, you know, for all that is good and right. And you know what I mean? Like it's it's to kill Captain America is and to have him stay dead is like killing Superman and having him stay dead. You just can't you can't do that. The, the, well, the I mean, well, first, in terms of the overall arc uh, of the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, there's nothing to say that they couldn't have some in much like they did with Superman um, in the comics. There's nothing to say that like some new kind of. Captain America could come back in another film, which would actually justify another actor. Or, heck, I mean, one of the central themes of Captain America in the comics is it is not just a person. It is a mantle. Captain America is... I mean, Steve Rogers is the original Captain America, but Cap not is... The uh, yeah, he exi- the, the concept of it exists beyond Steve Rogers. Um, so you do have a potential... You know, if the message that you know, you could, if you killed off Cap and did it wrong, send the message that, oh no, hope has been extinguished. Um, what you could just as easily do in killing off Captain America is 
essentially saying it is now up to the rest of us to carry on. Um, you know, it's the old, we all have to be Spartacus moment. I, I hear you. Um, I just feel like, like, especially to the kids who are watching it, to the ones who don't read the comics, you know, to kill the goodest of the good. Um, I feel like if, if Iron Man dies, I don't feel like it invalidates his story and the story of the movies he's done. But if Cap dies, the story of persevering above all and then dying at the end, that doesn't seem to be the thing theme of Cap's story. Um, well, I would, isn't what defines the, let, let me go, let me go deeper. Isn't what kind of defines the goodest of the good being willing to make the ultimate sacrifice? Yes, but what defines and is that not a lesson that is valuable for the children as well. And he has been saying that, but I think that I I will be beyond being emotionally affected. I will be angry at the film if if they do that to this this guy that I've been following. Um, and and maybe because he's had this road to disenchantment. I mean, if you look at where he started at the beginning of the first one to where he ended in Civil War, he is. You know, and and it's and it's been this gradual by in the first Avengers, he's a little bit taken down off of off of where he was, and then he gets to, you know, the Winter Soldier, and it's another step down, and then you get to, you you, you get to the second Avengers, and and really he's a, he's not in a good emotional place at all, and then you get to, you know, Civil War, and and it's he has lost all of his faith and everything. Um, I feel like to have his perseverance not rewarded is gonna be upsetting to me so here's a thought chris evans won't come back and we know this and we have to get rid of chris evans and yes you can have somebody else take the mantle of captain america but what if he is sent back to the 40s and and he's trapped there there's no way to go get him the avengers can't go travel in time but what if they give him a happy ending um, so here's the thing. You could absolutely do that, and you could do that in a good way. Um, I really – I think it's interesting what you've hit on, though, and we've really tapped into something that could potentially become its own episode of the what, – what kind of a message and what kind of an impact killing off a particular major character could do. Um, so, like, here's the thing. I agree. They could absolutely give him a happy ending, um, which would – make us less angry in the moment at the film. Um, it would be kind of the same thing as having allowed Angel to turn human and marrying Buffy at the end of Angel season five. Don't get me wrong. I would have freaking loved that ending. Right. It would have made me so happy. I would, I would have felt so fulfilled and so happy on behalf of these characters that I had loved. They didn't do that at the end of Angel Season 5. They did quite the opposite. And it devastated me and filled me with rage and is still arguably one of the best endings I've ever seen of a series ever. But this is different in two ways. One, Captain America is not Angel. Captain America's been about trying to hold on to your hope. Um, kind of, first of all, and he's a symbol of hope. Um, and And is... Uh, a role model in a way that the angel was not. And two, this is not the ending. This would be like, you know, having him go out like Doyle in angel is, is the other option. He goes out a hero and we think how heroic he is. And the rest of the story continues without him, you know, and we're, and, and in the shadow of his death. Um, mm. so I, 
more than any of these characters, if he must be removed, I want him removed mercifully. Um, you want him sent to a farm upstate where he can run and chase rabbits. <laughs> yes. All right, Thor. Um, you know, Thor, if you would ask me after the Dark World, I would say Thor would be your number one guy. He also, his his uh, contracts are expiring. Um, uh, and he's been said, I'm kind of done being Thor. It's hard to be Thor. I mean, it's it's hard to be yeah. Captain America, too. And you can actually see... There, there's a lot of upkeep that's required for Thor. If you look at what, what, what Captain America looks like in the Avengers... Um, if you take him from well from the beginning of the first Captain America film so now he's getting thinner and thinner. The Super Soldier Serum is wearing off a little bit <laughs> um, because <laughs> it gets to a point where you just can't. Ki- Chris Hemsworth has ki- and it's not that he's little. I mean, Chris Evans could kick my ass, but like like Chris Hemsworth has maintained this just incredible. And there's a lot of reason for him to go. I just don't want to like. He's a. I just want to have a Twinkie. You know, what? <laughs> please yeah. a dish of ice cream, please. Um, please uh, let me you make me think actually that is another thing that they could do with cap which they have done in the comics is if if the super soldier serum is extracted from him he becomes an old man who can no longer really be in the action anymore and that's but could still you know be put out to the proverbial pasture Uh, so that's that's a possibility that we could be looking at too um, after the third Thor movie all of a sudden seems like there's so much more to do with Thor Oh, um, so much more to do with Thor. He got such. Here's the thing: both both the first and the second Thor films were fine, um, but Thor Thor never really stood on his own as a character until Ragnarok. And uh, now that they've done that one, I they've got they've got at least a couple more in them. I, I am going to cry foul if um, to show how powerful Thanos is. Thanos kills all the Asgardians. Like, I am going to call foul if, like, Thanos encounters Thor's ship out there. Clearly, Thor meets the Guardians of the Galaxy. That's in the trailer. And if, mm-hmm. and if you know, to, you know, the bad guy's got to do something to show, you know, it's why the bad, it's why in Star Trek The Next Generation, the bad guys would always beat up Worf to show how strong they are. Um, mm-hmm. So if the way that Thanos does that is to, you know, with one thought, kills half the Asgardians, I'm going to have a real problem with it because it breaks what I say is the Alien 3 rule. Which is, if you're going to spend an entire movie saving someone, don't kill them off nonchalantly. That is, a- you're right. That film. is absolutely the, and that that is the perfect trope namer for that rule. Because um, man, what a way to, what a way to, uh, in the first five minutes of a film, immediately turn everybody who came to see that film against you. Yeah. Um. So, so I would say that I'd say that he has a pretty good chance of surviving because that story has more to it. Although I. I am almost certain they're going to kill Loki. I'm almost certain that they're going to kill Loki. Um, yeah, it's, it's, question, I I would agree with you. The question is, will that take? Um, like, can they kill Loki and then he's like? I think Marvel's been pretty good about, with the exception of Agent Coulson, of of letting their dead people stay dead. Um, mm-hmm. so if it's a big thing, oh, and then although technically Loki already got a death scene in dark world. Now, yes, it wasn't actually his death. He actually um, kind of got a death scene in the first door too. Um, yeah, but it was, he's, he's had plenty of, I, I'll be honest. If Loki has a death scene in this one, I'll be like, oh, okay, we, Tom Hiddleston, you die. Well, we've seen it before. Yeah. So, we're going to have to recast you as Sean Bean. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that that 
if Loki dies and comes back, it'll undercut the power of his death in this movie and undercut. Um, it'll become too tropey. I think that I think that Loki is is on the chopping block. Um, I hope not, mm-hmm. because I want to see m- yeah. more with him and Thor. Um, yeah. Uh, Black. Well, real quick, you promised. Uh, real quick, we should be wrapping up in a few minutes here. All right, here I give five five minute warning. We'll, we'll just we'll just run through do it fast now. Uh, Black Widow's safe uh, because they're doing a Black Widow movie uh, that they've already cool. announced, so she's pretty safe. Hulk. Also, especially after after what she went through in Ultron, if they killed her off in this, oh, yeah. the anger. Hulk is safe uh, because uh, they like him to show up in movies. Um, and also because you cannot kill Hulk. It has literally never been done. Um, uh, Hawkeye is safe for this film in that he is not in the cast list of this film. Um, uh, I, uh, he is not on the posters. He's not in the cast of the film. He's not in this movie. Um, interesting. Yeah, it is Maybe interesting. He just decided to, you know, stay at the, stay at the farm. And neither is Ant-Man worth noting. Neither of them mm-hmm. are in it. Um, uh, having not seen this film, I'll bet that whatever jam the Avengers get themselves into in this film, because he's, he's still on the cast list for both of them still on the cast list for the next film. So, interesting. Okay. so I'll bet whatever jam they get into, uh, Nick Fury, not on the cast list for this film. Um, but it's not like he had a falling out with Marvel because in the Captain Marvel film, uh, that's going to take place in the 80s. He's in it still. So Samuel L. Jackson is still on good terms with Marvel. Um, I mm. see now with Jeremy Renner, Ant-Man, and Nick Fury, you have the capability of, of restoring um, stuff. Uh, real quick, Vision, um, I think really, might, the, the trailers make you think they're going to kill Vision. The only reason I think mm-hmm. that Vision isn't on the chopping block because he does have a stone um, is that the trailers seem to be telling you that they're going to kill Vision. And it would yeah. seem to me that that you don't telegraph that in in such a major mm-hmm. way um yeah uh falcon um falcon i think uh it could become the next spider-man um i think that or, or could become the next captain america most captain america comics um war machine also available to become the next iron man so you can still have the iconography of iron man there um so if they're mm-hmm. gonna they're either gonna kill Tony or they're going to kill War Machine um, because I think that if you kill Tony, having War Machine there lets you still have the Iron Man armor in the movie. Uh, you know what we should do? We should create a Deadpool on who's going to get killed in this no, film. No, dead, Deadpool's next movie. Um, no, no, yes. I, I know. Uh, Spider, Spider-Man's pretty safe, uh, clearly. Um, one of the Guardians, I think, is... You know, I don't know which one, but I think they're going to I think I'll bet Mm -hmm. Drax if you kill anyone. Um, Well, Drax is the one who has the I mean, Drax's story is uh, inexorably linked to Thanos. And so so, that would be. And yet and yet it's not a huge part of the Guardians movies. So having Drax Mm -hmm. try and fulfill his story and fail in doing it it would be a great motivator. Mm -hmm. So so that is that is the thing they can do. Um uh, I think that Winter Soldier could also become the next uh, Captain America, which would be interesting. I think that you which could, also happened in the comics. Yeah, you could kill Doctor Strange. Um, his movie was well received once around for its visuals, but not super well received for for um, its. Yeah, there's content. there's still more story there for him. Yeah. Um, the one I didn't mention. Can I tell you my theory? 
Sure. I did not mention Scarlet Witch. I think, here's my theory. I think they kill Vision and they do a lot and that they, they have not announced the next um, Avengers movie saying announcing it will tell you too much about what's going to happen. I, oh, it, you think Scarlet Witch is going to go dark. I will. She's going to go dark Phoenix. I'm going to say, um, and this is not my idea. I've heard other people say it. So it's, it's I took the, some of this from the Excelsior, Excelsior podcast. Um, I'll bet the next one is called Avengers House of M. That's what I think. Um, but the M stand, I mean, I the M stands I, for I Magneto. Your, I, I see where you're going for. Th- yeah. So. So, I mean, that if they went with a full mutant thing at the end of this, I no, because they, they haven't introduced that at all. Now, Scarlet so Witch just going dark and fully achieving her power. Um, that's that I could absolutely see. Or are you thinking like Scarlet Witch actually does something that fundamentally alters the nature of the reality that they're in? That they have to spend the next film putting back. Or what if they don't put it back? What if suddenly she alters the fundamentally alters the reality and suddenly there are mutants or maybe the same mutants that we already know? What if she what if she brings brings together the what if she brings together the um, the two universes? Um yeah, uh, but th- this film, like the, all the all this planning, was done long before the Disney Fox merger was even. I know, but but and, knowing uh, that Rob that, eye. knowing that that's coming, um, I don't know. It's I so, or something like House of M and M can mean something else, but something where she fundamentally like like I'm just saying that I think I'll bet that she ends up being, um, a Dark Phoenix type type of character in the next film. That I could absolutely get behind. Let me say, if they try to use this to sort of, uh, to sort of now sell the, oh hey, see we're bringing the mutants back in too. I'll be, ang- well, no, I won't be angry. I'll just be disappointed. I mean, but here's the thing: I won't be that disappointed because all of the Marvel's d- movies have done this. They've all had a good ten percent of the movie that was designed to lay the Easter eggs for the next thing that's happening. Um, yes, but all of these things were meant to build up to like the infinity saga what we are in right now this was meant to be the culmination of everything all of the we we suffered through all of those little other easter eggs because they were all pointing to this so now if i have to go to a film that says oh this movie is about this but also about something else that they're that all, might all right, so be here's a the thing too much for me so 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 what if this what if the what if what the last film, what this film is the culmination of everything that's come before and the next film is the beginning of everything that's going to come next. And that's why they're now two that films. I can get behind. Yeah, yes, no, this film is I not how this, this there, film there is, is not a Hazard. right way. That's what I'm, this film is not yeah, House of M. I'm saying that that, you know, she starts to go dark in like the last 10 minutes. I just I have a feeling, um, by the way. Again, I can get behind the her going dark. You start bringing in mutants and everything in this particular film. Not no, that, I'm saying in the next bringing, one. I'm saying that's in the, airing the studio's dirty laundry. I'm 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 saying in the next one that that's when that happens. But we'll find out. In two days we're gonna find. I am so excited, and the reviews mm-hmm. are so positive. It sounds like they did it right. I by the way, I just discovered something. Uh, I'm gonna end on a completely unrelated note because, um, uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming, wonderful. We'll talk about it one day. Um. Uh, of course, uh, he has Karen in that as as the spider suit, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, Karen 
played by Jennifer Connelly uh, of Labyrinth fame, uh, is the voice of Karen. Do you know who she's married to? Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer Connelly is married to Paul Bettany, who is Vision and who was the voice of Jarvis. So. So Karen and Jarvis are actually married. They're actually married. Yep. That's that's pretty cool. That's, that's I just love the idea that they're like, you know, we need to do. And it's not Friday. Friday isn't Jennifer Connelly, but it's uh, um, we need to do, you know, a voice for the spider suit. Well, why don't we just get the wife of <laughs> just it's an amazing. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. this is, I love it. Well, with that with that happy little coincidence, why don't we uh, wrap up and I'll say I will uh, we'll be talking again this Friday. I am so excited. Uh, hopefully in hopefully in very good moods i am so excited guys this is what a great time man that that star wars avengers like i i am not beyond like taking a breath and looking around and going what a great time to be to be a nerd this is the best um i am that's good gratitude gratitude is a gratitude is an oft overlooked virtue in geekdom and one that should be nurtured yeah this is uh like like for those of you who who are young enough to have grown up in this um this is everything i ever dreamed of reading comics as a kid uh seeing Seriously. you know seeing like when we when we were growing up the covers of these infinity war comics were just like it's they were drawn by a guy named ron lynn um who what he did is group shots really well it was just like everybody and you were thinking to yourself, you know, at the time you were getting your know, rubber suit Batman. We're never going to get this. This would be impossible. Mm-hmm. Look what we get, guys. Um, it's a great time to be a film nerd. I am so excited to talk to you guys. Uh, we will be talking to you uh, probably Friday or Saturday. Probably. I would assume. Yeah, probably. Um, so stay tuned to your feeds um, uh, and comment on the Facebook page. Please let us know that you're tuning in. Um uh, can't wait. Um, but for now, my name is Justin. And I'm Arthur. And hey there, true believers. Stay super. Now that you've finished the show, be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode of the Totally Super Podcast. Also, if you like this, you should head over to geeksradio.com or search Geeks Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. There you can find Trek Off, the not-safe-for-work Star Trek podcast with Justin and Alexia. So search for Trek Off, search for Pop Off, search for Geeks Radio, and just thanks for joining us. This has been a presentation of Enlight Entertainment.